Again, this morning, we're going to be talking about faith. And when we think about faith, it's, I found it's easy to emphasize ourselves. We begin to think, do I have faith? How can I have faith? How, how can I have more faith? It's easy to begin to think about our role in faith. But today, I really want to draw our attention to a person, the object of our faith. God. As we look through the hall of faith and we come to verse 11, we come to this example of a woman who God used to bring about a holy nation through which he would send his Messiah to redeem the world. And yet all this came about because she considered God faithful she believed in the promise because of who made the promise when you hear a promise you enter into agreement you hear someone's plans they're only as good as the person that made them right and when we begin to think about God's promises what God has promised us this morning I want us to focus on just the character the nature of God as to why we should believe him and trust in him. This is what Sarah did. And because of that, because she considered him faithful and believed that he would keep his promise and do what he had promised he would do, at a very old age, at an age that, that most of us here will not even live to see, she conceived and bore a child that would become the beginning of the nation of Israel. This child would go on to have a child whose name would become Israel, and his 12 sons would be the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. God did this. She didn't do it. God did it. But she believed that when God promised he was going to do something, that he was faithful, and therefore she could trust him. It's the very same reason we can trust God today. It's because of who he is. When we come to believe that he is faithful, then we can put our faith and our trust in him. Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to look beginning in verse 11, and we're going to look at verses 11 and 12 this morning. So I want to ask you, would you join me in standing as we read what the Bible says about this amazing woman named Sarah. In verse 11, it says, By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Let's pray together. Father, help us to have faith like Sarah, who believed you could do the impossible. Lord, today, may our focus be on who you are and why you're worthy of our trust and our faith. For it's in your son's name that we pray, amen.
You may be seated. Well, throughout chapter 11, we see all these different examples of people who had, who had great faith, and because of that, God would work through them. And as we look at Sarah and the example that we have through her, one of the things that we see is that faith allows us to experience what only God can do. This was the case with, with Sarah. She experienced something that only God could do. The Bible is very clear that by faith, she experienced a miracle conception. It says in the second part of verse 11 that we read, even when she was past the age. The Bible tells us that she was past the age of childbirth. She was an elderly woman. There's simply no naturalistic explanation how this was physically possible for her to give birth at her age. It was a miracle. It was something that God did through her. You know, this is one of the things about faith. When we trust in God, there's times that we get to see God do things that only God can, can do. And in her case, she gets to see God bring a child into her life at a time that was decades past any earthly hope that she had of ever having children. There may be some people here today that have not been able to have children. It's just a painful subject to, to even bring it up. But you of all people can relate to the pain that Sarah would have faced as she was not able to give Abraham a child. And now, when she's at the very end of her life, God performs a miracle and brings a child through her. If we go back to the Old Testament account in Genesis 18, it's where the Bible tells us about this story. And I want you to notice uh, what happens when Sarah first learns what God plans to do. Genesis 18, verse 10, it says, The Lord said, now the Lord is, is, is visiting Abraham and Sarah. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. So Abraham is with these visitors, one of which is the Lord. He's come to visit them, and she's, she's eavesdropping on the conversation. In verse 11, it says, Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. The Bible just couldn't be any more clear that it's no longer physically possible for her to have children. It's not possible. The way of women had ceased to be with her. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I'm worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Listen to what the Lord said to Abraham. Is anything too hard for the Lord? 
At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. You know, we think about Sarah, one of the things that amazes me that uh, if, if you remember anything about Sarah in this story, you know what most of us remember? We remember that Sarah laughed. That's what we remember. God gave a promise. She overheard it and, and, and she laughed. And then she lied about it to, to the Lord's face because she was afraid. And yet this is amazing. In Hebrews chapter 11, in the hall of faith, where it's given these examples, and Sarah is listed as an example for us to follow, this is never mentioned. Never mentioned. God doesn't bring up that at first she did not believe. Instead, the Bible says that by faith, she herself received power to conceive. You see, we may not currently possess the faith that we need, but we can acquire it. Isn't that encouraging? Sarah at first did not believe, but she went on to believe. And she went on to believe to the point that God would lift her up as an example of faith. So even if we don't currently possess the faith that we need, we can acquire it. We can grow in our faith. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3. Listen to what uh, Paul wrote about this church. He said, we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. It's possible for our faith to grow. Faith is not like a, a personality that you're born with or some kind of genetic physical trait it's just that stays with you all your life no faith can be developed faith can be acquired faith can be sought out faith can grow and faith can develop maybe earlier in your life you didn't have enough faith to believe that God could use you in an extraordinary way maybe today you don't have enough faith to believe that God can do extraordinary things through your life and through your church but that doesn't mean that you can't get there doesn't mean that you can't acquire that faith. When Sarah first heard, she laughed. And yet later she would go on to have such great faith in God that she would receive a miracle conception. So how do we, how do we develop faith? If we know that we're really not where we need to be and we want to have more faith in God, how do we how do we develop this faith? Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. God has taught us that through his word, through hearing his word, our faith is built up. And so when we think about Sarah, this person she experienced something that only god can do so through faith we can experience things that that are impossible think of a few examples in the bible job this man he looked at what he'd been through and he didn't understand it and yet still he believed god was able to do anything 
In Job chapter 42, this is, toward, this is 42 chapters into Job's story. Job 42, I know that you can do all things. This is Job talking to God. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. God would later tell that prophet Jeremiah that Judah was going to be overturned by the Babylonians. They were living in a time when they, they, just, they didn't think it was possible. They were, they were just counting on that they were God's chosen people. They'd never be overrun. And yet, Jeremiah 32, 26, that's what it says. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Notice, it's exactly what he told Abraham. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer is no. Later, when God was preparing the way for his son, he would raise up another prophet, John the Baptist. He, too, would be born to an older woman named Elizabeth who would receive a miracle from God. In Luke chapter 1, verse 36, it, the Bible tells us about this. And behold, this is the angel speaking to Mary, your relative Elizabeth, listen to this, in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with him, with her, who was called barren. And listen to this. Here it is again. For nothing will be impossible with God. It's a reoccurring thing that God tells us throughout Scripture. That nothing is too hard for him. Nothing is impossible for him. And faith in God begins with believing that he is, he is able to do things in our life that we can't do apart from him. Jesus understood this and he believed it. That's why the night before his crucifixion, as he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was in agony because he knew exactly what was about to take place, this is what Jesus prayed. Mark 14, 36, and he said, Abba, Father, listen to this, all things are possible for you. There it is again. It's what Jesus prayed just before he was to be arrested and the next day be crucified. All things are possible for you. But Jesus fully understood what this meant, so listen to the next part. Remove this cup from me. That was Jesus' prayer and his request. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. This is where a lot of people get tripped up in uh, thinking that God can do anything. They misapply this faith to their own will. They want God to do what they want him to do. And their life becomes about trying to conform God to their will instead of trying to conform them 
to God's will. So Jesus understood that God was capable of anything. Nothing was impossible with him, and yet Jesus knew he was still going to be crucified on the next day because it was not the Father's will to rescue him. It was the Father's will to rescue the world through him. And so he would still go to the cross even though God had the power to deliver him. So when we think about faith, the object of our faith is God himself. In verse 11, it says, By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age. And listen to this, since she considered him faithful who had promised. She considered him faithful who has promised. You see, we can have faith because God is faithful. A, pers- a promise is only as good as the person who makes it. So I want you to think about this. Two things are required in order for a promise to be worth believing in. One, the promise maker must have every intention of keeping his promise. Many people make promises, but they have no intention to keep them. They're just lying. Salesmen do this. Politicians do this. All kinds of people do this. People make promises. They have no intentions of keep. So in order for us to put our faith in a promise, first, the person making the promise must have every intention of keeping the promise. There's a second thing that's required, though. The promise maker must have the ability to keep the promise. The ability. A person may make promises they fully intend to keep, but they're just not. They're just not able. When we think about God, he has the right motives the right intentions. He has every intention to keep his promise, but he also has the power and the ability to carry it out. And so Paul would write to the church at Philippi, he said, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. The Philippians had not only begun to experience the grace of God, they would continue to experience. God could not only promise eternal life, he could deliver eternal life. He was able to fulfill his promise and bring it back. So we can have faith in God because God has an absolutely flawless track record. He has never made a promise that he did not keep. God promised to Abraham that he would make him into a great nation. At the time God made this promise, Abraham was old and childless. His wife was old and decades past the age of childbearing. And yet God made this promise and he kept it. Today that nation is Israel. God promised to raise Moses up and use him to lead Israel back to the promised land. And he did. At the time that God made that promise, Moses was an outcast. He had run from Pharaoh, fleed Egypt. He had been rejected by his own people who blamed him for bringing hardship upon them. And he was living out in a desert when God made that promise to him that he would raise him up and use him to lead Israel to the promised land, and he did. God promised David that he would establish his throne forever. 
David was just a shepherd boy. When Samuel came, because God had revealed to him that one of a man named Jesse's sons would be the next king of Israel. Jesse didn't even go sin for David. It never even crossed his mind that that little insignificant son would be the one. He had all David's brothers lined up. And one after another, Samuel said, this is not the one. This is not the one. This is not the one. And finally, he says, do you not have another son? And Jesse says, well, I got David, but it couldn't be David. And yet God would make David the king of Israel and establish his throne forever. For his throne would be a symbol and a foreshadowing of Jesus who would come to reign forever. God promised that the virgin would give birth to a son, and she did. His name is Jesus. You see, God has never made a promise that he did not keep. And when we think about why can we put our faith in God, it's because he not only intends to keep his promise, he is able to keep his promise. And he has a flawless track record. But he must become the object of our faith. We don't put our faith in our own ability. We don't put our faith in things. We don't put our faith in other people. We put our faith in God. So here's where a lot of people get off track. Many people have faith, but it's misplaced. People dream up what they want to happen. And believing that God is able to make that happen, they say, I have faith, faith to believe that God is going to do this. Well, here's the question. Number one, did God say he was going to do that? Did God promise that he was going to do that? Because when we look to the hall of faith, and we look through this example of Sarah. She didn't have a child because she wanted to have one. She had a child because God had a plan to use her to bring about the nation of Israel. And God made a promise to her. You see, Jesus had all the faith in the world that God was able to deliver him from the cross. But he still prayed. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Having faith in God doesn't mean that I can just claim something's going to happen. And it's going to happen. Having faith in God means aligning my life to his will for my life. God is able to do anything. Nothing is too hard for God. But God has a plan. And God has a purpose. And God is at work in the world. And having faith in him means joining him in what he's doing, not demanding God join us in what we want to do. And so Sarah received a child, even in her old age, because it was God's will. And he made a promise. And she put her faith in that promise that God had made. You see, God is able to do more through us than we can imagine. The Bible says in verse 12, Therefore, from one man, that's, that's Abraham, from one man, and him as good as dead, that means he was old, he was elderly, and yet God brought forth a nation from him. 
were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of the sand of the seashore. Through his promise to Sarah, God would build a nation, a nation through which he would send his son, Jesus, a nation that would be called to be a light to the world. So we think about the faith of Sarah, and we know what God did through her. But was Sarah just some rare exception, or does God still work through other people? Look at what the Bible teaches about different people. This man named Job that we mentioned earlier, think about this. Job never received an answer from God as to why he suffered. But God used Job to humiliate the devil and inspire millions of people. This man, Joseph, he was envied and despised by his brothers, sold into slavery and falsely accused. And yet God would raise him up to be second in command of Egypt and use him to save the family that would become the nation of Israel. But what about other people that we've seen throughout history? They're not necessarily recorded in Scripture. Over in North Carolina, there was a little boy who grew up on a dairy farm. And he was taken to a revival. And he heard the message about Jesus, and he responded, and he was saved. It's estimated that he would go on to preach to 210 million people in over 185 countries around the world during his lifetime. His name was Billy Graham. All throughout history, we see examples of God taking people and doing more through them than they could have ever imagined. And I'm not for a moment here to suggest that you're going to be the next Abraham or the next King David or the next Billy Graham because that's not God's plan for your life. But here's what I am here to, to tell you is that God does have a plan for your life. He wants to use you, I believe, in an extraordinary way. But it requires us seeking out God's promises in our life. The promises in Scripture that he's made to all of us. And then understanding God's call on our individual life. It requires us believing in him that he is able and putting our faith and our trust in him to fulfill his promises. So that we, we believe that even when we can't see what God is doing, that he is at work in our midst. So that we believe that when we share the gospel, people, people hear it. And sometimes we see people respond, and sometimes people never respond. And sometimes people respond later, and we, we never even know about it. But because we believe he's faithful, we put our faith and our trust in him, and we do what he has called us to do. And when we, we believe in God like this, we can see God do things to our lives that we're, we're not capable of doing on our own. Just, just a few weeks ago, we had a visitor in our service. And after the service, uh, they came just kind of straight up to me and said, I said, I want to meet you. And I said, well, that's oh, great. Tell me about yourself. The gentleman says, I live in, I forgot what state now. I think it was, I think it was Michigan. They told me what state he lived in. And he said, I was here one time visiting my uncle and I came to this church 
only church we'd really been to. And during the pandemic, me and my wife decided that we needed to participate in church. And this is the only one we'd ever been to. So we, so we turned on the Facebook broadcast. And they began watching. And he said, I, I said, I wanted to meet you because I wanted to tell you that, that through this, the ministry of this church, I was saved. And he told me what church he had joined there. He was baptized and he's volunteered in the children's ministry. And he said, I think God might be calling me to ministry. He said, my church is praying with me about this. How do you like that? We weren't even in the building. We were just broadcasting with a camera through Facebook. And somebody states a way that we didn't even know about. God was put on his heart. You need to be in a service. And so he turned it on. He listened. And then God saved him. And we still didn't even know about it. God is able to do more through us than we could ever imagine. But we just got to trust him. And trusting him means following him. Even when you don't understand or can't see, you just... In faith, do what God has called you to do. And you believe in him. Sarah, she may have laughed at first, but she went on to believe. So the Bible tells us that by faith, she received power to conceive even when she was past the age. I don't know what amazing thing God wants to do through your life, but if you put your faith and trust in him, you will not be disappointed. Let's pray together. God, help us to believe in you. Help us to follow in faith. Lord, may our lives be conformed to your will. May we believe your promises and pursue them with all of our heart. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You know that man that came and introduced himself just a few weeks ago? He was saved because he believed this message, that Jesus Christ came to die in our place so that we could be forgiven of our sin. You see, God has done for you what you cannot do for yourself. And he offers forgiveness as a free gift. It's simply up to us whether we receive this gift or not. You have to have faith to believe that God intends to keep this promise of forgiveness and that he's able to keep this promise. And when you come to the point that you decide that God really wants to forgive you and he is able, then all you have to do is ask and you can receive forgiveness and eternal life as a gift. If you've never done that, when we begin to sing, I want to ask you, why don't you just pray to God? Praying is just talking. You can talk silently in your head. You can whisper where you are. You can talk out loud if you want. Nobody here will mind. Just pray. Tell God you believe, you want to be forgiven, and you want to live for him. If you want somebody to help you pray, 
if you'll step out of your seat and find me at the front, either now or after the service, I'll help you pray and call out to the Lord. For those of us that have been saved, God is calling us to believe in him, that he might use us. And so as we sing today, I invite you to respond to the Lord. Let's stand together.